lecture five part three of the groundwork of the christian virtues by william bernard ullathorne this librivox recording is in the public domain lecture five on the grounds of humility part three we have hitherto considered but those grounds of humility which are in our human nature or that environ us in this world but the ninth ground of humility is first and supreme and that ground is the knowledge of god and his divine perfections the knowledge of god is either acquired or infused acquired knowledge is obtained with the help of divine grace by study and meditation when we reflect on god as he is the supreme majesty infinite goodness and almighty power we feel our own littleness weakness and vileness when we look to him as the divine holiness and purity we become conscious of our sordidness and uncleanness when we meditate on him as the one infinite unchangeable truth we learn to know our extreme ignorance and inconstancy when we open our souls to god as the bountiful giver of all that we stand in need of we find ourselves but as poor and needy mendicants before his generous throne when we draw nearer to him as to the supreme object of our life and desire we find ourselves to be nothing without his presence and his love nothing of ourselves but everything in him for what are we without the light that proceeds from him and the charity that flows from him the god of unbounded excellence dignity and glory grows upon our subject soul diminishing her to her true proportions and discovering to her wandering heart that without him she is reduced to nothing then the soul finds that to herself she is nothing indeed whilst god is all things to her and that what she can best do for herself is to subject herself to god with all the reverence and veneration of which she is capable and to depend wholly on his sovereign will infused knowledge comes when god draws near to a soul and gives her some wonderful manifestation of his majesty and divine perfections suddenly the vision comes brief is its stay quickly it departs doing more in that moment than ages of study and meditation could accomplish the soul is struck with stupor and amazement at the glorious revelation and shrinks into her own littleness fully conscious of her weakness and nothingness or perhaps that soul is divinely enlightened in her contemplation to behold the most sweet and wonderful affluence of god as it descends upon his intelligent creatures and her inward eye is open to look upon his inestimable benefits as they flow in streams into souls to convert them or to sanctify them and this causes her affections to melt and flow like wax in fire and to merge her love and gratitude into the abyss of the divine goodness 
at such a moment the soul cannot but enter into her own nothingness especially as she is stricken with the sense of her ingratitude and with the unfaithfulness and thanklessness of so many other souls who like herself have been the unworthy recipients of great and generous mercies this and the like infused knowledge can never be obtained by study meditation or any effort or labour it is given by god where he chooses and given to the clean of heart who fervently persist in prayer and in self-denial and who unceasingly lift up their minds and hearts to divine things we read in the lives of many saints and holy persons how they were thus favoured with divine illustrations to the immense increase of their humility although god often conducts the holiest souls by paths more obscure all the days of their mortal pilgrimage as it is the nature of the divine goodness to communicate and impart his goodness when he finds a soul capable of such grace and illumination without its being injurious to humility and where it will be helpful to that delicate virtue when that soul is eager to accept the divine wisdom he infuses a light that opens a view of the divine perfections that entrances the soul whilst it strikes her with the sense of her own vileness and unworthiness in a greater or less degree according to the divine will and her own disposition but the more the soul is humbled and abased the more she exalts and praises god as we find recorded in those dialogues between god and the soul so full of wonder at the divine goodness and condescension and so profound in humility and self-abjection which some of the saints have left us the tenth ground of humility most wonderful of all is the secure rest provided for the soul in the unspeakable benefits of our redeemer it had been of little use to be born had we not been redeemed by the infinite mercy of the most high god through the humiliation of his son we have been purchased from death snatched from the evil one and restored to the inheritance of that beatitude for which we were created lost to god in the first prevarication and lost anew by every grievous sin we have committed each time we have been pardoned has been to us as a new redemption for we have been called to repentance through the mercy grace and blood of our lord jesus christ who has taken our sins into his atonement paid their price blotted them out and reconciled us to his father he has paid for them with his humiliations his griefs and his tears with his prayers his stripes his wounds and innumerable sufferings with his unspeakable humility with his obedience to death on the cross we are therefore the purchased servants of christ for which reason we bear his name and by every law of justice we ought to be the humble servants of our humble redeemer behold o christian soul exclaimed st anselm 
behold the power of thy salvation behold the cause of thy liberty behold the price of thy redemption thou wast a captive and in this way christ purchased thee thou wast a bondsman and in this way he set thee free thou wast an exile and he brought thee home thou wast lost and art restored thou wast dead and art brought to life feed thy heart on this drink thou of this when thy mouth receives the body and blood of thy redeemer for by this alone wilt thou abide in christ and christ in thee and in thy future life thy joy shall be full but as thou didst suffer death o lord to give me life can i enjoy liberty at the cost of thy bonds can i enjoy my salvation at the price of thy griefs can i glory in a life obtained by thy death ought i to rejoice in thy sufferings or take pleasure in the cruelties that made thee suffer had thine enemies not been cruel thou wouldst not have suffered and hadst thou not suffered i should not have had all these good things if i grieve over their dire cruelty let me grieve the more over my sins that brought thee under them for had there never been the cruel pride of cruel sins thou wouldst never have been subjected to their cruelty how shall i rejoice over all the good that had never been but for these cruelties yet their wickedness could not have prevailed hadst thou not allowed it to prevail thou wouldst not have suffered hadst thou not devoutly willed to suffer whilst then i detest their cruelty and the cruelty of my sins that brought thee to these sufferings let me enter into them with compassion by imitating thy labours and death with the humility of gratitude let me love thy devout will and so safely exult in the good things thou hast bestowed on me o poor little creature leave their cruelty to the judgment of god and think of the benefits thou owest to thy saviour think on what thou wast and what thou art think on him who has done all this for thee and on what thou owest him look on thy great needs and on his goodness understand what gratitude thou owest him and how thou oughtest to love him thou wast in darkness and in a slippery condition on the decline to hell an immense weight as of lead was on thy neck to weigh thee down and insufferable burden pressed with its load upon thee and invisible enemies drove thee onwards so wast thou not even knowing it for so thou wast conceived so born into the world whither wast thou going then the remembrance of it is a terror the thought of what thou wast makes thee tremble o good lord jesus i was in that condition and thought of nothing else when thou didst suddenly shine upon me like the sun and showest me what i was thou didst cast off the leaden weight that bore me down and all the burden that oppressed me and didst drive away the evil spirits that forced me on setting thyself for me 
against them thou didst call me by a new name received from thee and didst lift up my face from the evil on which it was bent that i might look on thee and thou saidst have confidence in me i have redeemed thee and have given my soul for thine if thou cleave to me thou shalt escape the evil out of which i have raised thee and shalt not fall into the abyss from which i have delivered thee and i will lead thee to my kingdom and make thee the heir of god and the joint heir with myself from that time o lord thou didst take me under thy protection that nothing might hurt me against thy will and lo when i adhered not to thee as thou didst advise thou didst not suffer me to fall into the pit but didst wait for my return to thee and thou didst what thou hadst promised yet not only did i not follow thee but i committed many sins and thou didst wait for me and didst all according to thy promise consider my soul and let all that is within thee understand how thy substance is due to thy lord assuredly o lord i owe my whole self to thee in humility and love because thou hast made me i owe my whole self to thee again because thou hast redeemed me i owe my whole self to thee once more for all thou hast given me and promised me and i owe an infinitely greater love to thee than to myself because thou art infinitely greater than i am for whom thou hast given thyself and to whom thou hast promised thyself the eleventh ground of humility is in our distance in this veil of suffering and tears from the supreme object of our soul and the risks we run in the meanwhile from our infirmities for although god is not far from each one of us we are still far from the possession and security of the pure vision of him and if we humbly descend into ourselves we shall find too much reason for this delay we shall find that we are still far from what our conscience demands of us still far from what the inspirations of grace require of us still far from the perfect form of the virtue set before us there is much very much in our self-examination to humble us not to speak of those hidden defects and weaknesses that faintly loom or scarcely loom to us out of the secret recesses of the soul yet nothing defiled can enter heaven apocalypse chapter twenty one verse twenty seven there is still much to renounce much to place on the altar of sacrifice much not yet made subject to god much to rectify by the labours of humility much to purify in the fire of charity meanwhile we have to fear and humble ourselves for the evil inclinations that we know and for the infirmities still concealed from us to pray from my secret sins cleanse me o lord psalm eighteen verse thirteen the completely humble and pure soul can alone see god so long as we are not completely humble 
there is always a certain amount of insincerity and hypocrisy mixed with our virtues and even after a certain degree of interior progress it is difficult as st gregory observes to keep our exterior actions straight the tongue for example is slippery enough to betray the incontinence of the heart and even our gifts and virtues are so apt to endanger humility that god in his loving care of us often leaves to us a certain amount of weakness to keep from conceit and only removes it in the end st paul did not account himself perfect but forgot the things behind him and stretched forward to lay hold of the perfect things before him upon which st jerome remarks that there are various forms of perfection so that we cannot know that we are perfect where we have yet to lay hold we have not yet received and have not yet become perfect from imperfection what we really know or ought to know is that we are still imperfect and to confess our imperfection this concludes st jerome is the true wisdom of man to be sensible of his imperfection and to know that even the perfection of the just while still in the body is imperfection this wisdom is not a dry knowledge of the head but a sensible and affective knowledge of the heart with a profound contempt of oneself the twelfth foundation of humility is the holy fear of the judgments of god for unless we shelter ourselves well in the humility of christ and do penance and use the world as though we used it not we are not safe unless again a humble dependence on god be the foundation of our life and the love of god be our ruling affection we know not in what state god will find us in the hour when we shall pass from this world there is another and a very broad ground of humility open to all who have the interests of god at heart and who love him truly they cannot be but deeply humbled in witnessing the alienation of such a great number of souls from god whereby his majesty is dishonoured and the divine sacrifice of redemption is made of no effect whereby the world is filled with maledictions and the most merciful designs of god are brought to nothing if a whole family is brought to humiliation through the evil conduct and ingratitude of one of its members how ought we who are members of the human family to be humbled before god when we see our heavenly father insulted and dishonoured by so many of his children whilst therefore we have first to give up ourselves to god in all humility and self-surrender because this is just and due on many grounds and especially because his humility is of the very essence of love we cannot be true lovers of god without mourning and grieving and humbling ourselves for the iniquities many and grievous of our brethren of the same human family abraham humbled himself down to dust and ashes to entreat mercy for the five criminal cities 
moses offered himself a sacrifice to god in an ecstasy of grief and humiliation for the great sin of his people saint paul was ready to become an anathema if so his brethren might be saved the humble have great solicitude for the honour of god and the more advanced they are in light the more they humble themselves before god for every sin whereby he is dishonoured this is the humility of the saints always ready to see the first cause of sin in themselves always ready to offer themselves as victims to suffer for all the sin whereby god is offended it is this humility of the servants of god that saves the world from destruction few are they who understand how much of the lightning of divine indignation is turned away from the sinful world or how much of the grace of repentance is brought down from heaven upon obdurate hearts through the supplications of even one truly humble soul such power has humility with god not to speak of abraham david and the prophets the lives of the saints which have their full illustration in the kingdom of heaven are the undying records of this wonderful power when there is no more humility in the world there can be no more charity and therefore no more salvation what remains of human nature will be but waste and refuse that has failed of its end and the destruction of the world must follow but whilst there is humility on the earth god has his cause in the world and christ his power a few truly humble souls will change the hearts of many and will prevent much sin if only by their prayers for god hath had regard to the prayer of the humble and hath not despised their petition psalm 101 verse 18 they are the hinges upon which god turns the providence of his mercy the lightning conductors that avert many a storm of divine anger from their erring brethren all power is with god and with his humble servants who are never far from his mercy seat whose sole solicitude is for his honour and glory and who often move him to the exercise of mercy though themselves unconscious how much blessing they bring down far and wide around them having no power of their own and always confessing this truth god exercises his power through them knowing that they will not take it to themselves the whole history of sanctity shows that the great things of god for the salvation of mankind have been worked through humble souls who have never claimed the work as their own or dreamed that it could be their own the salvation of all that are saved is first and chiefly from the humility of the son of god and secondly through the instrumentality of his humble ones whose number is the safety of the world end of lecture five part three